You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hi, everybody out there in One of Us world. This is Matt Foster. And I'm Trevor Teacher-Heo. You may have heard one, the other, or both of us on Screener Squad. Or maybe you heard neither of us. That's not helpful. You can atone if you've heard neither of us by listening to Screener Squad or by catching our show, the Nighthawks podcast. Oh, good save. Yeah, take a seat in the Nighthawks diner with us. Get ready to get to the granular grist of the movies we love. And sometimes the movies we like really hard. You can find us on Spotify, Audible, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and always at nighthawkspodcast.com. Oh, we all knew the time was coming. We all knew that after Pirates of the Caribbean turned into a huge franchise for a ride that was dying, that sooner or later they'd be like, well, we should do this for other things. And I mean, to some extent they already have, but Jungle Cruise? I'm sorry. Have any of you guys been on Jungle Cruise at Disney? Yes. I've I've never left Texas. It's been a long time. I was very small. (laughs) I've been a couple times. It's bad puns. The ride. They take you on a little boat, a bunch of mechanical hippopotamuses and what have you rise out of the water in a really bored voice. The the probably 20-year-old host goes like, and here's the pun they told me to say as I shoot the thing and do the... Oh, God. Oh, no. The hungry, hungry hippos have appeared. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna need a bigger boat. It's kind of a depressing ride. And I kind of hope that with the huge cast that they assigned to this new Disney big budget action jungle excitement movie that they're like, oh, maybe we should bring some of that stuff in. Because I don't know if you've been to Pirates of the Caribbean since the movies. They're like, oh, we should probably throw Johnny Depp in there. Or Chasing Skirts. They made the women hold like trays of food. No, no, they're not chasing the women. They want the food. Jungle Cruise, I was very cynical about. Very, very cynical about. But this is directed by a director who's actually had some uh, solid underground hits. Uh, Jaime Colette Serra, who is a Spanish-American film director and producer who did the surprisingly entertaining but still trashy House of Wax remake. (laughs) <laughs> the not good orphan i'm sorry i know people love it but I, i'm not one of those but the really good the shallows person trapped with the shark movie like i don't know if you're ready for big budget but here we go we're here to talk about this movie with some of my crew here i got mike howdy howdy i got tessa what's up i got jennifer hey i'm here and i am ready for the swiss family robinson remake i know is coming now Oh my god, we so totally know it's coming. It's the obvious next step. Is it? Or is it, it's a small world after all? Disney did it before, right? With the shrinking movies? What were those? With the guy from Ghostbusters? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. 
The guy from Ghostbusters is what you went for instead of, you know, <laughs> all of the other things Rick Moranis is done for. It's true. What if the whole world shrank because of an alien invasion and then they have to fight? Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to pitch for Disney right now. It could be a torture film just to force them to sing the song over and over again. It would be more enjoyable than a movie that's actually just based off of that whole thing. I might go see that. But you get for this film, you get the always affable Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. And Emily Blunt, who, I'm sorry, I just love to pieces. I totally ship for her and her husband's relationship. Yes! I hope that you guys are just doing romantic shit for each other all the time, and you're just having this lovely relationship. That's weird, right? I know. All he does is prank her friends. <laughs> I've watched interviews with both of them, and they're both so adorably in love with each other. It's amazing. Like, I ship this couple forever. He's not in this movie, but she yeah. is. And I think she's fucking fantastic. But here, she plays a character who, you know, I mean, she's the Indiana Jones of this movie in some ways. She is playing Dr. Lily Houghton. Wikipedia describes her as a botanist, but I feel like the movie doesn't really focus on that per se. She's a catch-all, I'm into exploring this thing type of character who right from the beginning we see oh my god she's kind of a badass in 1916 london which is when this movie takes place we see her brother played by uh, jack whitehall who's a foppish character and we'll get into that who is making his pitch to a crusty old group of men who are very cynical about his pitch right from the start sort of a royal explorers organization and it's clear as emily blunt mouths the words of his speech even as he's saying it that she wrote the speech for him she's the actual scientist here not him but the speech that Lily wrote for him concerns the Tears of the Moon, which is a mythical tree, as the myth goes. Its petals can cure any illness, which I guess connects to her being a botanist. So it can heal anybody and lift any curse, which is important. Pay attention to that. But, you know, it's like a myth. And the society doesn't believe in this, but they've got a hold of this arrowhead that was recovered by one of their scientists, and she believes that that is the key to getting and finding the tree. Which, you know, I mean, in a real-life way, you're like, bullshit. But that's what we have heroin for, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's what they were shocked by. Like, you're just talking about cocaine and heroin, right? Yeah. In the context of the film, though, you're like, okay, this is the Lost Ark. She knows about an arrowhead. I mean, it's the thing for where's the Lost Dark key piece to the staff of raw basically yeah. where like oh here's the directions so they don't believe her she has to steal it she does steal it in a very i thought quite impressive opening sequence gets away to go to the amazon with this important piece she is being chased by prince joachim which i'm not pronouncing correctly i forget in the movie they say how it's pronounced and i can't prince remember german man that's all i'm gonna go because i don't remember how they say it either <laughs> it's jesse plemons and this is like world war one not world war two mm -hmm. heard people saying fucking nazis i'm like there were no nazis not at this yet. point he's a german aristocrat who is there to do the same thing he's after the tree of life so she gets there. She finds like a little crappy town on the edge of the Amazon and a bunch of boats that do tourist type things. One of which is led by Paul Giamatti, who I deeply regret is not in this film more than he is. America's sweetheart. He's absolutely delightful. <laughs> when he's in this i was like oh my god more paul giamatti shockingly he's not the bad guy of this film he's he like is a, sort of 
He's a joke second tier bad guy. Sure. Like, oh, it's he can never win. The real bad guy is Jesse Plemons. But the real good guy here is Dwayne Johnson, who's Captain Frank Skippy Wolf, who is a steamboat captain who we see is like already in debt to Paul Giamatti. He's lost the rights to his own boat. It's weird to think in 1910 in the Amazon that people are like, oh, we're trying to create a franchise that we're the only ones who own a franchise on the Amazon. It's but, the Disney way. Right? Maybe it's like Disney going, yeah, that's what we did. So why not? He's like, Rock, I want your MCU rights. He's like, never. (laughs) (laughs) But they end up teaming up together through a series of incidents, uh, going on the boat with her and her brother, McGregor Hewton, played by Jack Whitehall, to try and find this thing. And there's a series of like, what do you know? How much do you know? And then, of course, wait, maybe Dwayne Johnson knows more than he's saying he knows. And of course he does. And you get what, for all extents and purposes, is a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but with bits of the mummy but i'll be honest i thought it was not a bad one well chris you forgot the most shocking thing about lemley Tomlins is that she's a woman with pants which in 1916 is shocking to everyone wait, wait she wore pants but wait Disgusting. i think she also had pants though underneath her pants Absolutely. <laughs> double pants all the way across the sky <laughs> yeah, the movie is a lot of fun, but man, it's really hard to get past how much sexism is going on in the 1960s. <laughs> I agree with you. I actually, besides not the pants part, but the <laughs> this is actually a, a lot more enjoyable than I thought it probably could have been. It's closer to The Mummy and Indiana Jones, the old 1940s serialization adventure films, than it is the actual Pirates of the Caribbean formula, except for some mystical stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. And it kind of works because of the cast, I think, more than anything. I was interested to see one of the writers on this, Michael Green, who's the same person who worked on like Logan, Murder on the Orient Express, and Blade Runner 2049, but also Green Lantern. So do with that what you will. That explains the puns. So many puns. So you're clearly just making another Pirates of the Caribbean film, but there's something refreshing about not having a deal with the same cast and the same setup. But then it genuinely delivers a real fun surprise in the top of the third act where I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. That was kind of fun. That sets up a new thing. And I'll say I thought the chemistry between Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt was uh, kind of sparkling. It was believable. I absolutely enjoyed this a lot more than I anticipated. I'm with Chris on this. I thought this was going to be kind of meh. But I really am a huge fangirl for Emily Blunt. I'll watch anything that she's in just because I really appreciate her acting choices. And this didn't disappoint me. And the thing I found the most refreshing is that in most movies of this type, it would be the damsel in distress factor. But she was always the person who rescues herself in every single instance. In fact, rescues the other characters and is the boss of this whole project from beginning to end. And I really, really dug it. There's a thing that happens towards the end of the movie that kind of circles back to the beginning and it could have gone one way and it went another way instead. And I was very happy about it. I'm not going to say any more about it, but there were some <laughs> some shocking turns in this movie that I very much enjoyed the decisions they made on. A movie like this that you would expect to have the damsel in distress moments that takes very deliberate efforts to empower the woman and make her in charge and do all the things, is entirely produced, written, directed, everything by guys. Except for, like, in the art department. I think there's, like, somebody in the art department who's a lady. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree a lot with what Jennifer says, especially the fact that The Rock is not actually really that good at what he does. He does sort of, like, help a bit. Like, I think one of the best is it's in the trailer where, like, he grabs her and then tries to, like, vine swing somewhere and just fucking misses entirely. He's not the big old, like, I'm in your 
Indiana Jones is going to save everybody kind of thing. He's closer to the, the way Nathan Drake is, where he's just like, I'm just trying to survive this whole thing. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And like, I love that about him, as well as the fact that even her brother helps a lot. He ends up like holding his own really well in certain sequences. The villains that are the most pirates of the Caribbean are yeah. fascinatingly designed. Like They reminded me of a lot of the ideas of pirates from the second movie, Davy Jones's guys. Yeah. But also kind of reminded me of some Metal Gear Solid 3 villains, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> of course. Like I found them so much fun. All of their dialogue is not in English for the most part, even the stuff with the Germans. Because I love the Germans as well, because the Germans are constantly just like, what the fuck's going on? Because only Jesse Plemons is actually like full on into the like mythical legends and stuff, and the others are just like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> Well, Plemons is kind of a delight here with his weird, I don't know what it is, German guy that he's doing. Like, it's not a Nazi character. It's not a Rage of the Lost Ark character. I don't know who this guy is. He's like this aristocratic German guy, but it's different, and I kind of like it. Really, one of the weird pleasures that I didn't expect to see in this is that the brother... I thought they would just code him as gay and it would be annoying because he's like, oh, I don't want to deal with like things. You've got a coded as gay character here that's being a wimp. And then they not only have him straight up come out as gay in the film and Dwayne Johnson go, I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. But turns out he's actually kind of a badass when put in a corner. He's like, yeah, man, I learned how to box. Yeah. I know how to fight. I was like, oh, I mean, it's never addressed. No one needs to go. Wow, that's cool that I thought you were feminine, but you can fight. No one needs to say that. People have duality. Like. Just let it mar marinate. Just let it be. That's cool. That character was like much more than I expected from a Disney film that I didn't think they would be paying as much attention to that sort of woke stuff as they did. And they did it in a cool way. I don't entirely agree with you, Mike, about the real villains, which are totally Pirates of the Caribbean villains. They're just covered in CG, dripping with CG characters. I'm like, it's a cool idea, but the biggest problem is that the third act is just drowning in fights with them that you can't really tell what's happening a lot of the time because of the overuse of CG. It's not the best CGI. The Jaguar CGI is pretty good. That's pretty decent, but... Yeah, he has a pet Jaguar, The Rock. Shh. Spoilers, dude. He's not talking about the movie. He's just saying that The Rock has a pet Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. The Rock it's can in, do no it's wrong. It's in Black Adam, apparently. <laughs> I feel like the more Pirates of the Caribbean-y villain characters that we have, the CGI on some of them is pretty good and consistent. And then a couple of them, it just seemed kind of not quite as cohesive. I thought it was a little messy on some of them. The comedy with them is okay. I like that they were set up much like the Pirates of the Caribbean villains. They kind of have an understandable reason for being upset and wanting to do the thing they want to do. You're like, oh, your original reason sucked, but it's like you're in a shitty position now. And I kind of get where you're coming from. We're like, we got to fix this shit, man. They're not totally dark villains. You wonder watching it. Are they going to come to an understanding, which is a Pirates of the Caribbean aspect? Oh, well, villains don't always stay villains in those movies. And it feels like if they make another one of these, I wouldn't be surprised at the, the way they go with that. But it was okay. The biggest struggle for me was the puns. Really? I was here for it. I was here for the puns. I was not here for the logic or lack thereof of a submarine in the shallow Amazonian River. Like, 
Yeah. How does that fit? Does How it? does that even get in there? Yeah, because Jesse Plemons and his World War One bad guy Germans are piloting a submarine down the Amazon, and I read off the bat was like, I'm reasonably sure the Amazon is not very deep. Long, but not deep. What cracks me up about that is that there is a plot point in Uncharted 1 where there's a U-boat in the middle of the Amazon. <laughs> and I was glad that that didn't go the way that that game went, because that was a hard turn I did not want. I'm sure there are points in the Amazon where you could, but certainly not throughout all of it. You'd get stuck. To say that is the thing that cut you off from suspension of disbelief for this movie is, okay, with everything else going on here, that's the one that bothers you. But I get it. Mm -hmm. You're like, that's a primary aspect. Like, the bad guy is chasing them with a submarine down the Amazon, and that's clearly not possible. For me to buy into this world... And some of the more fantastical elements. In some ways, basic physics kind of need to work. That's basic fair. physics with were thrown out the window when he fucking outruns the fucking torpedo in a steamboat, which I have to admit was fucking awesome as hell, and I loved it. I was like, keep doing stupid shit like this. I was like, oh, Michael Bay cameoed in this film. Great. Despite like a slew of bad puns that are literally just a tribute to the actual Jungle Cruise ride at Disney, some of which word for word what they do, which are all set up in an early piece in the film i'm with you when he actually delivers a pun that slays later on i was like okay that pun fucking slayed and now i forgive you for everything he was very excited about that there's a lot of stuff here that's just not going to be for everyone i mean this isn't the way you judge like a fast and the furious film like it's so ridiculous it's fun it's a disney film you judge on the same level you would a good or bad pirates of the caribbean film and i think that's what it's going to come down to whether or not you like the idea of dwayne johnson and emily blunt working together and i think the chemistry worked pretty well but let's go to final thoughts tessa who belongs in a museum i enjoyed this way more than i thought i would i wasn't exactly sure what i was getting into but i feel like this definitely took some beats from obviously as we said indiana jones the mummy maybe a bit of jumanji the fountain even Atlantis, the animated Atlantis film, I feel like kind of took parts from all those and kind of used some of the better parts. The action and chemistry between the two leads was great, but I feel like the writing could have been a bit more cohesive. I wasn't quite certain on the parameters of the curse and how that exactly worked. I didn't exactly need an exposition dump, but I feel like there could have been a way to like explain it a little bit better. I feel that. The curse was just kind of like, wait, they, they do what now? I would probably give this seven out of 10 creative uses of a rolling library ladder. I gotta say I love the ending credits on this as well. It looked like botany illustration books. Mike. Yeah, I really like this movie a lot, actually. Like, I wasn't really expecting much because, you know, the last few attempts they've done it, or rides based on movies, Haunted Mansion did not do so well, and they were not very good. And even the Pirates movies, you know, went downhill very fast after the first one. So I wasn't really expecting much from it, but the cast is so, so is really solid. I loved every little bit of action that happened. I like the fact that The Rock was an invincible, crazy, Fast and the Furious type character. Emily Blunt was so just charming the entire way through that you just can't help but fall in love with her the same way. Even the Jaguar, since it's all CGI, it gets a lot of character in it, as well as even the boat has a lot of character to it. Even though it's like, what, almost two hours or a little more than two hours, something like that? Like, I barely felt the time because stuff just keeps happening. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing story-wise, I don't know, that's really up to how far you're willing to accept the fact that your U-boat is in the middle of the Amazon. <laughs> By the time it was done, yeah, I would have to give it 8.5 out of 10 times I thought The Rock should just be fucking Doc Savage at this point. Jennifer? I dug this movie. 
dug it more than I thought I would. I could actually see myself watching this one again, which doesn't happen all that often these days. Man, I could not be a bigger Emily Blunt fangirl if I tried. The lady just makes some stellar booking choices. It's an enjoyable film. It made me laugh. It made me suspend disbelief because there are some things, but you go into it expecting it's going to be ridiculous and you'll enjoy it. And it's fun. So do the thing. I give this eight and a half out of 10 immaculately tailored high-waisted pant, boot, and wide belt combinations because just yes. Thank you, wardrobing (laughs) department. Make this the fashion trend for fall. Please thank you and good night. I thought I was going to be the one coming into this trying to convince y'all to said stuff to it that was worthwhile. I do still feel like I came out of this the same way I felt about one of the Mummy movies with Brendan Fraser. Like, I get why all y'all like this, but it's not like it's a great movie. It's fun. I had a good time with it. Yeah, it's good. You should watch it, especially if you have kids. But it didn't blow me away. I know. There's a whole generation that's like, fuck you for even talking any bit of shit about the Mummy movie. I've actually seen people say it's better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. You're wrong. No. Get over it. I love the Mummy, but that's categorically wrong. (laughs) Yeah, categorically wrong. That being said, Jungle Cruise is better than it has any right to be. It is fun. If you go into it in the right mindset, quite frankly, it's obviously a little heavy on the CG and silly CG at points. It's not terrible CG. I had fun with it overall. Somewhat forgettable, but that being said, I would love to watch Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt team up again for something else after this. I was like, yeah, great chemistry together. Nice development of the storyline and the big character twist that ends up happening in the third act. I guess I shouldn't have been that surprised but it delivered what you wanted it to deliver, and I had a good time. There's nothing about this film to hate. I'm kind of baffled by critics who are coming down on this so hard of like, oh, I hate this. This is garbage. I'm like, what is it exactly about this film that you think is so terrible? Do you hate fun? <laughs> it's a little <laughs> generic, maybe even a lot generic, but they do what they do pretty damn well. Jungle Cruise, for me, gets a big thumbs up. Uh, We didn't mention Edgar Ramirez playing the main guy of the CG bad guys here, who's actually pretty good overall here, although I still wished Paul Giamatti had stayed the main bad guy. I'm going to give this 7 out of 10 fake cannibals. It's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of Disney big-budget action films. 